So here we are. We made it. Started from the bottom, and now we're here, to quote the famous song. God's goodness is everywhere. It's whether you're in the building or in your basement or on the street. God's goodness is everywhere. And I know some of you are fearful right now of the uncertainty of tomorrow. But we're here to bring the good news that no uncertainty can withstand the power and promise of God's gospel that should be delivered and overcome any infirmity, any weakness, any sickness, any disease, and any virus in Jesus' name. Nothing can stop our Lord and Savior. The government can shut down, but Jesus is still on the throne. Amen? He's still on the throne. If y'all standing with me, most of you probably sitting right now having your bacon and eggs, that's cool. But if you want to stand with us right now, you can stay standing or you can seat yourself. But it's kind of funny because we're in my basement and God blessed us with a space and we're so excited to be here. But it wasn't too long ago that I was telling Michelle, remember when I used to talk about at church how I would preach to the wall and I'd preach to just Michelle. See, y'all don't know that I was not a preacher by trade. God put something in me, but I was scared to let it out. And so I spent a year preaching to Michelle only. And there was no cameras. There was nothing. And we would simulate church, and we would go through the motions because I wanted to feel the flow. And so I told Michelle, I said, it's it's kind of funny. We'll never have to do that again. And here we are. See, God often will remind you of where you're going by reminding you of where you've been. And once you forget your foundation, you can be in trouble. So God will always find a way to remind you of your foundation. I want to thank everybody who's continuing to tithe and give through tithe and offering. If you want to give today, we're so blessed by you. God's house is blessed because of your giving. It matters. It's biblical. You can go to 1cchurch.org slash giving and give online, and we're very thankful for you of your generous hearts. My passage this morning is an interesting one. It's Luke chapter 10 verse 38 through 42, if you could go there with me on your apps, on your tablets, in your Bibles. Do people still have Bibles? They do. Okay. If you've got a Bible, break it open, shake off the dust, knock the dust off your Bible, and go to Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. And the word says, now it happened As they went that he entered, Jesus, a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Touch your neighbor on your couch and tell him, but Martha, but Martha, but Martha was distracted with much serving and hubbub and just hustle and bustle of getting the house ready because she was having company. And you know how it is when you're having company, you're distracted with all the to-dos and forget about the occasion maybe and the importance of it. It says, and she was approached, and she approached him, she approached Jesus and said, Lord, 
do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to come and help me. She said, do you not care, God? Do you not care? Here's Martha talking to Jesus face to face with God and says, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. So good. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you know, double means emphasis. Double means extra importance. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Look at your neighbor, tell him one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. It will not be taken away. See, Jesus was preaching to people, and he came into Mary and Martha's house, and she was preparing a meal and preparing a house, but Mary wanted to hear the word. Martha was worried about the house, but Mary was worried about not getting the word. Martha was distracted by the virus, but Mary was worried about the word not being spread, and there's a difference. The priorities were out of order for the two sisters, and just for a little side context, y'all remember Laz, Our brother Lazarus, you know, Jesus raised him from the dead. This was his sisters, Mary of Bethany and Martha. It's funny about this sermon because I have several written. And this past week when I started reviewing my notes, something happened. The sermon I had prepared for today was talking about Palm Sunday. We all know your, all you good Christians know your Easter schedule. And Palm Sunday is in two weeks. And I said, God, I don't understand. I'm very meticulous about that. How did this sermon get scheduled two weeks off course? And he says, it didn't. He says, that sermon's for Palm Sunday. I've got another sermon for you. So I'm like all all out of rhythm now because I'm a planner and I'm looking at my sermons. And I said, that's the one. And then God said, yes, that's the one. That's the sermon for March 22nd. That's the sermon for the first online experience, online only experience. God said, that's the one. And I said, okay, God. My title this morning is The Power of Distraction. The Power of Distraction. I know you're all online, so I can make this extra emphasis. If you could check in to One Seed Church, and if you could share the live experience, that would be awesome. And I know you can see us, and we can't see you, but we're in this together, so I expect you to shot me down with some emojis on that live stream. I can't hear your amens, but I can feel your emojis, and I can feel your amens right now. I can feel Mike right now. I can feel Nate right now. I can feel Jen right now. I can feel their praise to the Lord right now, so shout us down with some emojis and let us know you're in this with us. Amen? It's a busy time. It's a weird time. It's weird. But life is always busy with some kind of distraction, you know, really busy. It's like a never-ending list. And busy is often the cause of distraction, which causes us to forget what we need and fail to recognize how to see that which we need when it's right in our line of sight. Maybe what we need is right in front of you, and you're missing it. Oh, it's going to be good. You just hang on tight today. 
You see, hearing God's word is often missed because we aren't paying attention when maybe God is answering the prayer we prayed for and we are simply busy worrying and doing other things. Y'all got your toilet paper? Y'all got it. Make sure you get some. Distraction, my friends, is not always the enemy's fault, but it always is the enemy's desire. Always his desire. He's totally good with you distracting yourself from the priorities of God. He's totally good with that. He don't have to be the blame to be desiring you to trip and be distracted. And if you can stay distracted from the depth of value of what God wants to instill into your heart by his word, you might miss Jesus right in front of you. So my question to you this morning as you watch online, and maybe the bandwidth's not good, and maybe there's issues, and and it's just not streaming good, and there's buffering issues, and, and this or that, there's distraction. But my question, if you get this, when the bandwidth comes through, is are we spending our time focused on what is secondary instead of the things that matter most in our lives? Are they flipped? Are our priorities out of alignment? Distraction is guilty of stealing your vision away from what matters most. If you want to write something down, write this down. Distraction is guilty of stealing your vision away from what matters most. And when we get distracted enough and we get scared enough, we're going to start asking ourselves, does God care? Does God care what's going on? We get a Martha mindset. We get a Martha mindset. Does God really care? Because what if I lose my work in this situation? What if I run out of food? Does God care? What if I run out of toilet paper? What if I run out of internet bandwidth? Because everybody's on that thing and the, and the horse is plowing away, but it's running out of steam. What if we run out of this? What if we run out of that? We start building ourselves into this hut of hopelessness. Does God care? Martha said, do you not care? She said that to Jesus, man. That's crazy. That's bold. And that's foolish to think God does not care. God does not care. Of course he does. But we get so drained by what's on our plate and so worried about the fears of tomorrow that we start saying, does God not care? You know, every battle is what brings a victory. Without a battle, you can't find a victory. You wouldn't know what it was, and you got to be tested. We always say faith is belief in action, and if your faith has no legs, it's not been tested. This is a test, my family. This is a test. It's an overload. Coronavirus here, coronavirus there, this here. This here, newsfeed here, newsfeed here, the latest numbers, this, this, it's all we're on. It's sensory overload. And so it can make you start feeling, does God care? It can make you lose focus on the simplicity of his love that is never failing. And that's what Martha was doing. Martha was distracted by the to-do list. 
to get the house ready. There's a turkey in the oven. Y'all know what it's like to be preparing Easter dinner. Well, this year might be a little weird, but we're going to still have a turkey. And you know what it's like when my mom's in there cooking the turkey. It's work, and all that matters is making sure that's, that food is right. You know what it's like when you got company coming over. You got to make sure it's right. And Martha didn't mean to be ignorant with the Lord, but she was so focused on what was secondary that she was missing what Mary saw as first. Am I a value, God? Why would you let me suffer like this, Jesus? Why would you let me endure? Enduring tests your faith and builds endurance in the Lord. It's a marathon, not a race. Let us run the good race, and it's a marathon, not a sprint. If you want to endure, you got to keep a slow, steady jog. And yes, is it weird that I can't move? Yeah, it's weird. See, I'm being tested right now. Preaching into this camera is different because I'm used to moving all around. But it's not going to bother me none because the truth doesn't change. It doesn't change. Martha was very effective, but not seeing the real need. Some of us have been very effective in our life, but not seeing what matters the most. And distraction is often guilty of steering your vision away from what matters most. We can just misplace the priority with process. Martha misplaced the priority with process. You see, one was hungry for God. One was hungry to cook and get her done. One was worried about feeding people. One was worried about being fed by God. Their priorities were flipped. And Jesus said, the one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. And it will not be taken away from her. We've, I've gotten that way. It gets bad enough. And I say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing, Jesus? How can you do this to me right now? How can you, how can you stop what we're doing? And God says, I'm not stopping nothing. I'm actually helping you. And I say, no, I don't get it, God. This is, this is not my timeline. And we start declaring how he feels about us in our situation. We start judging God. We say, don't judge. Don't judge your neighbor. And what do we do? We judge God. We judge how God is intervening in our life. We question, and then we start telling God, like Martha told Jesus, you don't care. You don't care. Because if you did, you would come here with my sister. If you did. It's a second placement of first priorities. It's a second placement of first priorities. Some of you watching today normally probably wouldn't because there's nothing else to do. Thank God for that. And some of y'all have been placing priorities on what is secondary over what should be first. Priorities. Flipping what matters to the bottom. I got this pile of t-shirts. Y'all, anybody got t-shirts? You got some t-shirts? I'm talking to three people on the couch here, and some dolls. And the dolls are telling me too, and I'm talking to y'all online, it's so good. And it's snowing outside, we got Cameron on the production table. I'm just giving you a vibe so you can see what it feels like to be with us in the present, because we are doing this together. And I got this pile of shirts, and the pile is like 15 shirts deep. And I always take the top shirt off the pile. But it's not really the shirt I want. 
So wouldn't you think that I would dig a little deeper in my shirt pile and pull the shirt I want off the bottom? No, what do I do? I go back to the top shirt. And then Michelle does the laundry, and every time the shirts come back in, guess where they go? The top of the pile. So I keep wearing the same shirt. I don't even like those shirts. Instead, I want the shirts on the bottom, but I'm too used to not going after it. I'm too comfortable just settling for the shirt on top. But God is trying to give you a sign this morning that you need to go for what's on bottom. You need to go a little deeper and go for what's on bottom because it's a little more valuable what's buried deep down and you need to pull that thing out the pile if you want what's best. And you need to flip the shirts, flip the priorities, put what's more valuable to you and what's better for you on top of the pile and quit letting it be on the bottom. I know what you're thinking. That sounds like barbecue. Y'all don't know that my OCD about cooking barbecue is so infatuated with the process that I don't always enjoy eating the food. I know that's backwards. That's weird. But I'll smoke a brisket for 14 hours on my Traeger. I'm not, oh, my goodness. I did not say Traeger. On my Yoder. Don't hate me like that. Sorry, Yoder people. Yoder diehards. On my pellet smoker, I'll go 14 hours. Then it hits 160, and I know I got enough smoke in that baby, and then I'll wrap it, and then I'll start steaming it because that's what's going to make those fibers break down, and it's going to pull apart tender. And then I'll get a little lazy because I don't want to waste the pellets, Derek, and I'll stick it in the oven and finish it out because it's wrapped anyway, and I'm going to cook that thing to 210 degrees, and now we're, you know, we're half a day's in. I've been up all night, can't sleep, and we're so excited about this thing, and it comes time for dinner, and i got to make sure everything's cleaned up first. I can't sit down and enjoy the meal. Everybody else is ready to eat. I'm like, wait, wait, there's drippings here and there's barbecue mess here and the, bar the smoker's still open and, and it's just, it's out of order. And no, God says, this is the order. The meal is first. You need to be fed first. And until you eat, you can't clean up the mess. It's backwards. It's a second placement of first priorities. And Martha's intent was so good and her ethic was so good, but her focus was wrong, dead wrong. Her focus was not only wrong, but it was insulting to the Lord. Do you not care? She said to Jesus. But she didn't know that. She didn't mean that. But what she didn't know hurt her. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. See, once you know something, it's required that you act on it. You've been given the word, and now it's your job to act on it. So God was getting Martha together. I'll get to God when my list is done. I'll get to taking my kids to church when I'm done with everything else until the church gets shut down and we're having church in a house online. You see, sometimes God is going to use the situation to give you another opportunity to wake up and to see the good news of what should be first. I'll get to God when. Martha said, I'll go by his feet and listen to his word when this is done. And Jesus says, no, this is the only good thing in this scenario, and it shall be not taken away when you put it first. Distraction is guilty of stealing away your vision from what matters most. It's a misconception that God answers our needs and our timing. God is not Alexa. God is not Siri. 
That when we call upon him, he does it when we want, how we want. And if he doesn't, we say, God, are you there? No, Martha. That's not how God does it. God says, I'll do what you need when you need it. And I'm going to use what you think is a setback as a push forward. I'm going to use what you think is a setback, a pandemic setback. I'm going to use it as a step forward for my church. It's what you need. Touch your neighbor, tell them, it's what you need. It's not always what you want. It's what you need. I just bought some new greens, athletic greens plug. They got this nice porcelain bowl. They got this nice scooper. You take the greens. It's not always good, but it's what I need. I need my greens. Eat your vegetables, boys and girls. <laughs> Eat your fruits and vegetables, even if it's in a powder like I take, because it's what I need. Do I always want it? Not always, but I know what I need is most important. Jesus was ready right then to give the word, not later. He didn't say, Martha, that's cool. When you're ready, come to me and I'll give you some word. Jesus says, no, this matters now. Come to my feet and receive this word that God has put into me to give you. What if your greatest moment right now is right in front of you, staring you in the camera? Not this. God and his word is getting your attention and knocking at your door. And it took this to get your attention. What if your greatest moment is standing at your door? Well, I can't hear it when I got my phone. Hey, Cameron, will you grab my, my phone for me real quick? I can't hear it when I, hold on, hold on. Swipe, 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 scroll, scroll, scroll. Thank you. See who's online, who's shot me down on emojis. I got to check online. Oh, my internet crashed. Internet caught the virus. Okay, okay, I can't do nothing. I can't do nothing. Hey, I hear something. I hear someone knocking. You can't hear when you're distracted. You can't see clearly when your vision is being stolen by distraction. We've been living like Martha, but God wants you to have a merry mindset. I've been guilty as charged, God. I've been living like Martha, but God wants me to have a merry mind. Jesus said Mary had chosen what is good. That's what's good. That's what matters. That should be your focus because the Bible says, uh, those who knock, the door shall be opened. And those who seek for righteousness, and I'm paraphrasing, the rest will be added unto you. Come to Christ first, and the rest will be added to you. One waters, one plants, God gives the increase. Knock, and the door shall be open. Put God first, and the rest will be added to you, including all your provision, your supplies will be supplied. When you choose what is good, Jesus says it will not be taken from you when you choose what is good. He said it will not be taken from you. Are you willing to leave that for now? Because Jesus is calling. I'll come to the altar. The Father's arms are open. 
because Jesus is knocking. Are you willing to leave the phone for a minute? Well, not like right now because we're watching the, you know. Because Jesus is knocking. And when Christ calls, he don't bang down your door. It's a soft knock. Distraction will cause you not to hear. Distraction will steal away your vision from seeing what matters the most. So I encourage you to keep the work ethic of Martha, but put it in the right things like Mary. Distraction, it can cause you to forget why you became a Christian in the first place. You start drifting. When you get too busy and you get too caught up in the mechanics of, oh, we got to do this and we got to do that. And at the root of it, we got to remember, what are we doing here? We're delivering the gospel. It can cause you to forget why you come to church, why it matters. And when God strips that away for a minute, it's a wake-up call to know what is good. That one thing is good, he said, and it shall, be not, it shall not be taken away from you. When you drift... People drift off course, lose value in what's relevant. Don't drift. Yesterday was Chloe's birthday. She turned 10, and I cried twice. <laughs> and because, because I saw how I've, I've been guilty of drifting in my own children's lives. And I'm aware of this. But I didn't realize I'd become numb to this. There's a difference between knowing what you should do and getting so distant that you start forgetting to feel at all, that you start forgetting to remember at all, that you've gone, you've gone so far, of course, that you forget at all. And last night, Chloe says, Daddy, do you want to play? Daddy, do you want to play with this uh, wood set I got? I'm like, she's asking me to play at nighttime? That's weird. And I saw Michelle whisper to Chloe beforehand. And it's like, Daddy, do you want to play? Remember? And uh, I said, what are you guys up to? This is weird. This is weird. What are you, why are you telling me to go play with Chloe? Like, why are you setting me up? Did you guys get me something? Is there a new smoker outside? That's why I was like, what, what is this about? This is weird. And so they said, no, there's no setup here. Chloe just wants to play with you. And she's so used to you not being available to play that she doesn't even ask. And that broke my heart because I forgot to even think that maybe my child would want to play with me and I would play with them. I got so far that not only was I distant, but I had actually forgotten what I was supposed to do in that moment as a father. And so her mother was saying, Mary was saying, to Martha, come on, you're supposed to go play right now. You're supposed to go hear the word right now. This is what mattered. See, Chloe's so used to me being glued to my phone. She's used to me being on here. And I'll get to you in a little bit. The power of distraction is addicting, right? I'll get to you in a little bit. I'm doing church stuff. I'm doing work stuff. I'm doing stuff. I'll get to you in a little bit. And then a little bit comes, and I'm, I'm so tired. How about tomorrow? And then tomorrow comes. And now here she is, 10 years old. And then tomorrow she'll be 15. And the next day she'll be 20. And the next day she'll be married. And I'll be going, I wish I had my baby to play toys with. 
Isn't it funny that this has been the primary distractor for me and probably all of you? I don't know about y'all, but if you're with me right now, you can raise your hand if your phone is a distraction to your life. It's, it's overboard. It's sensory overscroll. And isn't it funny that right now, watch this, watch this. Jesus said to Martha at verse 41, and he answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried about trouble in many things. He's right there in the kitchen. He's right there in the center of her distraction. He says, but one thing is needed. Jesus is saying to the lens of Martha's camera, one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus wants to meet you in the middle of your distraction. Isn't that funny that God so arranged that he would orchestrate good from this terrible season we're in, that he would get you online right now, gazing into the thing that distracts you the most, to see him the clearest. You can shout for that on your couch, because I know that's good preaching. You can shout for that right now. He will wind up in the center of your distraction to say, this is the good thing. This is the priority. This is what matters the most. If I got to go to where you can't find me, I'm going to meet you in the center of your distraction, and I'm going to show you what matters the most, Martha, because you need a merry mindset. You can clap for that. You can clap for that. Because God hears your praise. God expects your praise. God wants your praise. And I encourage you to stand with me right now as we're going to wrap up our first online only one seat experience. Some of y'all been living in the power of distraction. The power has taken over your life. It's a distraction and you've been living right in the middle. And so God says, I'm going to get in the middle and I'm going I'm to stir something so big that I'm going to look and I'm going to make it so big that you have no other option but to remember who I am, to remember my promise that I am in the middle of the situation. I am in the middle of the virus. I am in the middle of the uncertainty. I am in the, in the middle of your anxieties. I am in the middle and this, me, says the Lord, am first. God, we come to you right now in your mighty name, the only name. Come on, someone say it with me. That can save men from heaven, that we might be saved. The only name given among men that we can be saved. Jehovah saves. Jesus Christ is your name, God. And we are thankful that we can be in this house and that we can praise online and we can touch people that we don't know who's being touched, but you do, God. That we can, we can celebrate because lives are being changed. And in the middle of this chaos, they can have peace right now because you said, I will meet you, Martha, in the center of your distraction because I've got a Mary in you that I want to pull out. I've got a Mary in you that I want to come to my feet and worship like never before. And if you got to be scared to come to me, so be it. Amen. Amen. Hosanna in the highest is here. It's a couple weeks away. And God is saying, whatever I got to do to get your attention, I am number one. So God, we pray over this world right now. 
We pray over this church body near and far. We pray for the lives that are being touched. We pray for the lives that will be touched, that we don't know who, but you do, God. We pray that this is an eye-opener, a wake-up call to celebrate your name, to push the gospel forward further than it's ever been, and it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime chance to share the good news in a way that's never been shared. We pray that everyone stays safe this week and that they stay connected and that they do what they can do to to minister in their own capacity. And they say the good things this week of what God has done. And they share something and say, God touched me online and he wants to touch you. And it doesn't matter how it comes, is that I get the seed of the Lord in me and I give it to someone else, God. We pray that people do that and they take this seriously and they lean in for what you have for them. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, amen.